Welcome to Real Life Mentoring, where we explore real life issues to help you make an authentic difference in the world. Hi, it's Chris and Christina again today. We're going to explore a topic. Um, We're going to talk today about how do you offer hope? Now that may sound a little, I don't know, pie in the sky or uh, how do you offer hope? Here's what I want you to get after the end of our conversation. If you are a person that has at least one other relationship, in the dynamics of that relationship, the person you're in relationship with is going to have a hard day, a hard time. They're going to get bad news. How do you deal with their bad news? Not your own, but their bad news. We're going to talk about some um, different scenarios, and we hope that when somebody you're in a relationship with has a difficult thing that they have to walk through or, you know, um, a bad day on the job or bad medical report, you'll have a little bit better of an understanding of how to offer hope, how to be a person of hope, and just how to engage them in the hurt where they're at. So, Chris, let's jump right in. Uh, before we got started, you told me of a situation. I'd like for you to share that story because then we can jump off from there. Okay. So tell us about the, 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 the story. The heavy of, one. Right, the well, medical. There's actually there's two heavy ones. Yeah, just just the first <clears> one, <throat> if you don't mind. Okay. A family member down the line, some, received a message, phone call, that their daughter had some kind of infection throughout her whole body, mm-hmm. and medicine was given to her uh-huh. for her treatment and it caused the circulation to her extremities extremities her hands and her feet uh-huh. to start shutting off the blood circulation correct well that sounds horrible anyway within a couple of weeks uh they had to amputate both hands and mm-hmm. both feet yeah uh, it, it's it makes me shiver just thinking about it even yeah. after five six years uh, later and this was a young woman young woman yeah. beautiful um and i remember um I was given the phone call, and they had to come in from out of town. Mm -hmm. She was flown in by helicopter. It was such an emergency. Anyway, the day that they were going to remove her hands, I knew the parents wanted me to be there, so I went and sat with them in the the waiting room. Mm -hmm. I don't remember what we talked about, but I thought, I have nothing to offer this couple. Mm -hmm. I have three daughters myself. What do I say to them? Mm -hmm. Because it's not if. They're going to remove her hands today. Yeah. It just makes me sick in my gut to think about it still. But she was in surgery. The doctor came out and said, I was hoping to save some of her hands. Mm -hmm. We had to amputate both of them. Mm -hmm. And we're just sick. Mm -hmm. And I saw her parents just weep. Then he said, she's going to be in recovery for a while. And we'll let you guys know. And this is a room she'll be in. We'll bring her to. They wanted me to be there. I Mm -hmm. wanted to get up and leave. Sure. thought, okay, this is heavy. Let's pause right there. That's a good point to make. What is? (laughs) When we're with people, we're watching them suffer. I think that's a very normal and natural response. We want to escape the situation. This is uncomfortable. Get me out of here. And as the listeners, you don't know me personally, most of you, many of you, but I'm good with people. I have good people skills. I like to connect with people. It's part of my, what I do. For my job, but I did not want to be there. Yeah, so, so I think that's just important to it is. if you find yourself in difficult give situations. Give yourself some some grace. 
It's normal it's to go. It's normal. Get me out of here. I don't want to hear bad news. If, yeah. if you say, I've got some bad news to tell you, you know what I want to do? Yeah. I want to go the other direction. Right. So I'm there. They wanted me to go up to the room where they were going to bring their daughter. And I thought. And they're seeing her for the first time with yes, no Yes, with no hands. hands. My goodness. I can't even. Mm-hmm. I, I can't imagine. So they bring her in and I see her parents just beside themselves. Sure. And. Boy, yeah. it, was, it was a tough day. Mm. So the nurse was taking care of her, having to feed their grown daughter, pudding. Yeah. Gosh. Yeah. Oof. So we went to another room, the three of us, the, the parents and myself, mm-hmm. and they just wept in front yeah. of me. And they looked at me and they said, Chris, we don't know what we're going to do. Mm-hmm. You know what I told them? If I remember, I said, guys, I don't either right now. Yeah. But I prayed over them and I let them just talk. Mm-hmm. So point is... Horrible things happen sometimes, and we don't know what to say or do. Mm-hmm. Sometimes literally just being there right. means so much. And they, they both told me that later. We're so grateful you were there. And honestly, I don't get, need to get credit for anything. Right. As I didn't do anything but just chose to be present. Well, I think we can all relate. You know, hopefully none of us have, or many of us have not had such extreme situations like you just described, but we're all probably daily with coworkers or children or friends or whoever we're rubbing shoulders with and doing community with, somebody around us is having a bad day. And so it's it's superficial to me to offer a Band-Aid response. Well, it'll get better. Don't worry about it. Those to me, oh, that's the last thing I want to hear. And if we're honest, that's the last thing any of us really want to hear. So how can we offer hope? How can we be hope in situations like that? I think the illustration that you showed earlier is just flat out being there. Being there. Don't be afraid of silence. Yeah. And I used to struggle with that. So and don't I be would, afraid I, of other people's pain. True. Yeah. And if they need, if they're just sitting there and they're weeping or they're sitting there just silence because you know it's so difficult for them. Trying to change the subject mm-hmm. or divert attention to something else actually doesn't make sense mm-hmm. because that's what they're dealing with right then. Well, it doesn't honor them it or doesn't. their pain. I think we're a culture that we don't honor suffering very well. <laughs> and sometimes our silence really gives space to honor that suffering. Just because a person, or even myself, because I express pain or difficulty or discouragement, it doesn't mean I'm being negative. Right. I'm not being negative. I'm just... Can I be honest and just say, this is what I'm feeling. Right. This is what I'm thinking. This is what I'm going through. Mm-hmm. That's not being negative. This is reality. Mm-hmm. In some training somewhere, that is so vague. I can't believe I just said that. However, <laughs> I remember having somebody say, the power of I'm so sorry goes so far. And I found that to be so true in my own life, especially with girls. If you are a girl, you're a mother of girls. Sometimes they can be a little <laughs> dramatic. I, being a girl, realize I too can be dramatic. But when the middle school years come and girls are mean and hateful and there's real trauma and drama and all the things in their life, a simple, I am so sorry, oh my goodness, is so valuable. Me, at 54, when I'm having a bad hormone day or... Uh, I'm grieving over, you know, whatever. Having someone say, I am so sorry. It doesn't take it away. It doesn't alleviate the pain. It just lets me know that I'm seen. Oh, that is so powerful. And 
I trust there were men listening to this podcast as well, this episode. And so that's something I had to learn mm. having a wife yeah. and having three daughters because sometimes it would get on my nerves. I'm thinking, what is the problem? Mm. Because I was more of a problem fixer yeah. or just black and white. Mm-hmm. And life doesn't work that way. Yeah. And again, I had to learn. Yeah. Um, can I share a funny story? Sure. Well, I, I'm obviously <laughs> you're I'm going, going to, to anyway. <laughs> you and I were newly engaged, uh-huh. and you lived in a duplex yeah. or a townhouse where the bedrooms were upstairs. Oh yeah, yeah. And yeah. your parents and I and you were all there for some reason. We're upstairs <laughs> and we're coming back down. I and remember this. You're walking in front of me. You're well, walk- I'm stressed because it's pre-wedding and mother issues and <laughs> yeah, and who knows all kinds of stuff. But I didn't know that was going on inside of your head. In fact, right. guys, here's a, here's a, a side note. We cannot truly know what's going on inside of another person <laughs> many times unless we ask them and they are honest and express it. Right, right, So with right. that said, you're walking down the stairs. I'm right behind you. Your father and mother are behind me. All of a sudden, before you get to the very uh, bottom of the stairs, uh-huh. you kind of just collapse <laughs> and you sit down on the stairs and you're sobbing. And honestly, oh, I'm thinking, what is your problem? What is her problem? No, I didn't say that. Right. Oh, my goodness. I, I actually said something like, oh, what's wrong? Uh-huh. And your dad, he was stressed. He goes, she doesn't feel good. Yeah. I just thought, then take a pill or <laughs> take a nap. I mean, I literally thought that way, but I was right. young. And a, a, I say a man, I, did, I didn't have any experience in that. Well, and I was so unattuned to my own feelings. I was at my wits end. Your and wits end. I was. I was, at, I was done. I'd hit a wall. And instead of acknowledging that in myself, you know, like, guys, I need a moment. I need everybody to leave. (laughs) And I'll, you know, talk to everybody in an hour or whatever. I didn't have those kind of tools to acknowledge what was going in or going on. And so the only thing that I could do, (laughs) all that emotion had to come out some way. At at the bottom of the stairs, I'm thinking, (laughs) you couldn't make it another two steps? No, I really couldn't. It was was bizarre to me. (laughs) but. Right. I didn't need fixing. I needed somebody just to join me in my collapsed state. <laughs> well, do you remember, were your parents able to comfort you? Oh, no. They no. weren't? Because I know I didn't. I'm thinking, no. what is the problem? Yeah. And I didn't have language, and that's a whole other podcast. So again, but, let's yeah. I've talk, offering hope during stress, tr- stressful, stressful times. times. And so I could have offered you hope had I had the skills to do it, right. but I did not. Guys... We're going to make mistakes. I say guys, people, but men, we're going to make mistakes with our wives and our daughters, our sons. And so give yourself some grace. Yeah. Choose to learn and learn how to offer real hope in stressful times for people because you know you want it yourself at times and you need it as well. We're going to give another example, but let's just review that you gave that really heavy example of being Mm -hmm. with the family members who had just seen their daughter basically... um, have both arm or hands amputated, and and the way that you could offer hope was just your presence, your silence, <laughs> your sharing in the I don't know, I don't know what to do. You know, just that showing up, being there, not denying their feelings, not trying to candy coat things. But you know what I also knew I was supposed to do after that? Mm. Just follow up with them. Yeah, I'd call them or send them a text, just thinking about you today. Right. I still didn't have anything to give them that I knew of. Right. Like, here's an answer. There wasn't an answer. Right. But so, just, I have not forgotten about you. Yeah. So that that your presence there, the simple power of, uh, I am so sorry that, yeah. And that, mean it. And mean it. Yeah. And and move from trying to fix a situation to just being sympathetic and empathetic. 
And then, if you're a believer in Jesus, I do believe that I can offer and be hope to people by being present to, to say on the sorries, but I can also remind them of truth. So the facts may be, yes, you lost your job or that medical report is this, or you're feeling bad, you got a bad headache. However, I can offer hope through God's word. I mean, God's word is active and alive. The Bible says it's sharper than any two-edged sword. There is power in God's word. So I don't want to just slap on scripture as a band-aid and, oh, well, God loves you, slap, here's a scripture, now let me get on with my life. But if I've already shown up and been present, if I've engaged in their pain and not run from it, if I've said the I'm sorry's or I'm just there, I'm just present, saying, I know this is horrific, I know this hurts, but I also know this to be true about God, that God says he meets us in our pain, that we are not unseen by him That's just the extra shot of B12 that somebody can use. Thoughts? I had this thought earlier. Don't be afraid to bring up a difficult topic. Yeah. If they are struggling with that, address it. I didn't have to bring the difficult topic I shared earlier in the hospital. It was right in front of me. Uh But sometimes... uh, Sometimes you're in a situation and there is silence and you can be that person to bring it up. You can. And it doesn't... Well, because you said that, because you verbally, you, you verbalized the problem, now it's a real problem. It's already a problem. Yeah. I think people feel some relief in another human being verbalizing, this is going on in your life. Yeah. I can appreciate that and care about that. Mm-hmm. Also, I think about um, offering hope during stressful times. How do I do that? When do I know to do that? Mm-hmm. I need to pay attention to pe- to people's uh, body language, yeah. their facial expressions, mm-hmm. the tone in their voice, mm-hmm. because... So many times in my own life, when I was younger, in our home, I don't know that my parents or people asked me how I was doing, but I don't remember conversations, putting things aside so we could sit down and talk about how how I was feeling, something I was struggling with, right. or what was stressing me. Right. So paying attention to people's faces, body language, tone of voice, even the words. You say you're good. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's say you know this person pretty well. Ask them, so okay, you say that, but it doesn't seem like it. Yeah. And if they push back, leave it alone, yeah. probably. But they that may be what they need. Okay, I want to tell you. Yeah. You and well, I have done that in our marriage over the years. And at the end of the day, you may be hearing this going, ooh, I can't do that. Well, maybe you can't. <laughs> maybe because of your own stuff. I'm sorry, can't do what? You can't engage somebody else in their pain. Tell me how you're really doing. Or you said you're doing fine, but it doesn't seem like you're doing fine. Do you want to talk about that's, something? That's fair. That may totally freak you out. And that's okay. That's where you are, admitting where we're at. <laughs> you know, revealing, oh, that's where I'm at. But I, I would like to be able to engage people. That requires healing on your own part. You know, when I was that 23-year-old collapsing on the stairs, I wanted to avoid pain at all costs. But doing a lot of heart work, letting God heal things inside of me at 54, I can engage people in hard and difficult conversations. So just being self-aware of your own mental, emotional health is, is so, so important. It helps me if someone, either with a similar situation that I'm dealing with that's stressful or difficult, or it can be something not similar, but they share a difficulty they have gone through They've experienced and actually gone on the other side. Yeah. That gives me hope. Yeah. Now, 
they may not matter for you or some others mm-hmm. listening, but hearing examples, you've been through real pain too, right. but I look at your life today and you seem good. Right. That offers me hope. I don't know why it is, but yeah. it just does. Right. I, I need an example from other people. Yeah. As a young woman, when I was going through horrible anxiety as a young mom and having an older friend say, I know what this feels like. I I traveled this journey with crazy hormones, but I made it through. You're going to get through. That was helpful. That was hopeful because I saw she was on the other side. So knowing she had gone through, experienced what I was, but she made it through. Yeah. It just, it helped. Yeah. It helped the process. You mentioned Anything else? just earlier, you said, uh, I think you described it as, I don't want to just slap scripture yeah. on someone. I don't either. I can't, I can't stand when someone does that. Yeah. Like a band-aid. But what if I say, Okay, this is going on right now. Mm-hmm. You're struggling. You're having difficulty. I'd like to pray for you and over you and do it right then. Yeah. Now, they may go, no, I don't want it right now. And that's okay. And mm-hmm. look at the, the dynamics in the space, right, in the right, room. Right. If it's in front of a lot of people, probably mm-hmm. not appropriate unless mm-hmm. it may make them uncomfortable. But instead of offering to pray later, what if you do it right there? They hear your voice. Yeah. Maybe you put your hand on their shoulder depending who it is, put your arm around them and just, just talk to God on their behalf. Yeah. Because really, Christina, I'm limited on what I can do for people. Yeah. There's some things that God has blessed me with that I can do. But at the end of the day, their hope has to settle on God. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Bottom line, yeah. I can be a conduit for right. that. Right. But they really need, so many times it's, it's a, it's a simple prayer, and it's not like a wish list. Okay, God, please take care of it now. Right. But they've heard it. They know it's for them. Mm-hmm. And it does something. It settles the heart in some ways. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Let's let's review how do you offer hope in difficult, stressful circumstances. I think we gave some really good examples. Back to, again, that example that you shared where you're just present. The power of I am so sorry goes such a long way of being sympathetic and empathetic what you had just said, then offering actually to pray for somebody and don't use scripture as a band-aid, but really offer scripture because it does have power that helps point them to Christ. And then if it lends itself, pray for them with them right in the middle of the situation. I think all these are good, practical ways. Are there many more? You betcha. But these are just some ways that you can be and offer hope in really difficult situations. I'd like to add one last thing. Of course. The word, <laughs> the word surprise. Yeah. I like to surprise people. So let's say I've met you, you I've walked through a difficulty with you, uh-huh. and we're in different locations, either down the street or across the country. It doesn't matter. But I experienced some of that difficulty with you. Mm-hmm. What if I surprise you by a text, a phone call, an email, a letter, whatever, and just say, hey, Christina... God brought you to my mind today. Mm. I remember walking through that with you. Mm-hmm. I want to know how you're doing. Mm. Or every time I see this, I think about you. Yeah. I did that yesterday. I drove by this office and this this man is going through difficulty. I don't mm-hmm. know him personally. We've mm-hmm. met and talked just briefly one time. We've exchanged um, text. And I knew, pray for that man. But then send him a text. Yeah. I said, hey, when I drive by your office, God usually brings you to my mind. Mm. And I want you to know, I just prayed for you. That's awesome. And that started dialogue, and he thanked me. Mm. Yeah. 
Well, we all can uh, wear the t-shirt that says, hey, I've gone through life and I've had some trouble. (laughs) So how can you be a person that offers hope, that brings hope during difficult and stressful circumstances? We hope that you got a glimpse into some practical ways. Yeah, we hope that today's discussion helps. So as always, thank you for tuning in to Real Life Mentoring Podcast. We want to thank you as always for listening. If today was helpful, if something that you listened to was helpful, we would really love it if you would go to Apple or Spotify, leave us a review, download, subscribe, and for all things related to podcast, if you'd like to give a financial contribution to help us continuing bringing this sort of broadcasting to you, just go to FahrenheitMentoring.org. Hi, this is Chris Corral, producer of the Fahrenheit Real Life Mentoring Podcast. This podcast is produced through a partnership with the Confetti Corral Boutique and Michelle Corral Realtor. To find out more about these businesses who support our vision and ministry, go to confetticorral.com or find them on Facebook.